Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. I'm glad you're joining us today. Today is Thursday, October 22nd. We are live in the studio today and uh, we are about to be joined by Dr. Al Moeller, uh, who's going to be calling in uh, any second uh, from uh, the Southern Baptist Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm excited that we're going to have Dr. Moeller on, especially today. There's a lot in the news um, right now. Um, the Pope, Pope Francis, uh, recently uh, called for same-sex civil unions, which is a big departure from past uh, Catholic stances, uh, the leadership of both popes and others within the Catholic Church. So uh, it's a pretty big departure, and uh, he's calling for the passage of civil unions, which back in 2014 he was against. Um, so that is a big issue we want to get Dr. Moeller's input on. He, he, I think he spoke about it even this morning on the briefing, and when he, he gives a daily um a daily little uh, kind of a, a, a cat, you know, I don't know. He's, he kind of just throws out things. He reads a lot of newspapers and a lot of news articles, and he, he kind of gives a cultural perspective on the briefing. It's a really good uh, podcast. If you want to um, tune into it, you can subscribe to it, and it's called The Briefing, and you can get it by going to his website, albertmoller.com. That's A L B E R T. M O H L E R dot com. And uh, he, uh, you can see all his past programs on there, or he's got, he got them cataloged, the briefings. He's got other articles, Thinking in Public. And um, we're uh, going to have him on to talk about that, the election. We're going to talk about uh, Judge Barrett and her confirmation. And so uh, I'm looking forward to him coming on. I know that he was teaching a class right before he came on and so he might have gotten hung up uh, in that but uh, we're expecting him shortly but i want to talk just a second about what came out in regards to well and the other thing going on tonight in case you were on some other planet is the debate is tonight the the final debate before the presidential election although i think uh, a lot of people have already voted uh, and uh, pre they've either voted absentee or mail in, and um, it, it's just crazy the number of people who are voting uh, for the election prior to, and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see on election day how that kind of pans out, what goes on with uh, the the counting when they're able to let us know. Some people uh, are saying that we won't know who wins the election for. Uh, a week or two after the election. And some people are saying we're going to know the, the the day after. But I know that they just had another ruling that's allowing one state to count ballots up to nine days later as long as they're postmarked. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going on. But if you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth is a Bible study and a, a group 
of guys here in Jacksonville. It's actually multiple groups. We got five groups here in Jacksonville, one group in Colorado. We come together each week and we're looking at Hebrews, working our way through the book of Hebrews, and we're in chapter 12 right now. And then uh, we uh, we kind of talk about it on air. Uh, we talk about it and discuss it uh, the next week. And then every Thursday and Friday, we have a guest on. And uh, well, Thursday we have a guest, and then Friday I usually have a discipleship guy from SWAT or somebody, and we come on and discuss it. But on Thursdays, it's our guest day. And uh, the last two weeks, we've had Dr. Wayne Grudem, and then last week we had Tommy Nelson out of Dallas, and this week uh, we have Dr. Moeller, and I believe he is joining us now. Dr. Moeller, are you there? I am here. Good to talk to you, Doug. Well, good to talk to you. I know you are a very busy man, especially during this election season, and you're teaching. I didn't realize you were teaching a class right before you came, but that's you're not just the president, you also are an instructor up there, and we're so glad that you're able to join us for a little time today. I, I want to um, uh, welcome you and then ask you a little bit about your book that just came out, The Gathering Storm. Uh, I know it, it's about secularism and culture, but for the people that are out there who may not have read, I've read your other books that have dealt with culture and stuff, What what is the main thrust of this book, The Gathering Storm? You know, Doug, I'm trying to help Christians understand uh, what we're going to be facing, not only now, but in the years ahead. Uh, I borrow that from Winston Churchill. He uh, he wrote in his great multi-volume history of World War II, the first volume was entitled The Gathering Storm, because it was about what people should have seen with the rise of Nazi Germany, but didn't see. And uh, so I'm trying to help folks understand the uh, the coming secular age and what it's going to mean for the Christian church, and just try to say this is what this is what we can see now. This is what's behind those clouds. Well, I I've always loved Churchill because you're right. He had a knack for seeing what other people couldn't see, didn't he? <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, he had the courage. Uh, it was like the you know the the story of the emperor with no clothes. You know, here he was, a political outcast, because he refused to be quiet about the threat of Nazi Germany. Mm. Well, uh, and you and uh, Dr. Wayne Grudem uh, did a webinar a couple of weeks ago. I had him on two weeks ago, right after that. Right. And I know that you and he both probably have caught flack because you are speaking to things going on in our culture and specifically, he was talking about the vote for platform versus personality. You've seen that um, over the years. Help us understand a little bit. When did the change happen where we we went from voting for platform and ideology to voting for personalities? Can you can you kind of put a timeline on that at all? Well, uh, if, if you'll allow me, let me just say that. Uh at times in American history, the platforms haven't mattered much. And uh, so, for instance, if you think of the year 1960, Richard Nixon running against John F. Kennedy, the platforms of the Republican and the Democratic Party were so close, you'd be hard-pressed to say which was which. Mm -hmm. But in the 1960s, the issues that now frame so much of our concern arose for the first time in American politics. No one's debating abortion in American politics in 1930. It's not on the screen in 1960. But by 1980, when Ronald Reagan's running against Jimmy Carter, that issue's there, and the two parties in their platforms begin to diverge 
And every election cycle since then, they diverge further. By the time you get to 2016, four years ago, the Democratic Party is calling for abortion under all circumstances, with no restrictions, with the Hyde Amendment removed, with taxpayers coerced to pay for abortion. And the Republican Party is in a pro-life position. You fast forward to 2020, the pro-abortion stance of the Democratic Party is even more radical than it was four years ago. And so personality kind of has always been a part of the mix. But uh, American evangelicals don't have the luxury of voting for personality anymore. We've, we've got to vote for the platform because that's what's going to happen uh, if this party gains power. Well, we've, we've kind of had a shift since the 60s. As you you kind of mentioned that as a, a starting point where we've become a secularized nation. In, in other words, I, I, we've kind of lost not just Christian authority, but even authority in general. Wouldn't you say we've kind of diverged away from that? Well, absolutely. I mean, th- think about, uh, you know, and, and uh, I was born in 1959, Doug. I may be older than you. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you were two years older I, than I me, Doctor Mueller, but a whole lot smarter in your brain. <laughs> I am so. <laughs> well, you're kind, but I can just say that when I was growing up, you were raised to understand that there were authorities that were to be honored and respected: the teacher in the classroom, the police officer, uh, every authority, the principal of the school, you know, the scoutmaster, the coach of the team. Um, and behind all of that was an entire structure of authority, which uh, began with the fact that there was a self-existent, self-revealing God of ultimate authority. And so even as a boy, you know, I just knew, and it started with my parents and their authority, which was, I'll just tell you, unquestioned. And, uh, you know, you look at this and you recognize we're living in a society now where it's almost like the fulfillment of the worst, you know, indictment of the Old Testament, where every man did what was right in his own sight. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember a story you told last time you were on here. I, I think you shared about about your parents telling you you're going to sing in the choir whether you liked it or not. <laughs> and and you're right; yeah. it was unquestioned. But oh, if we got hey, we got to go to our first break. And unfortunately, I need to apologize sure. because of COVID and the way our our studio is set up. We have kind of no control over the breaks. They just happen on the 15, 30, and 45. And so, uh, but again, I'm so thankful. I want to let listeners know one more time about your book, The Gathering Storm. Is the best place to get that Amazon, or is there a better place, uh, Dr. Muller? I know CBD, uh, C, you know, Christian Book Distributors sells it. Um, Amazon, right. is, is, I, is there a the better place? I know to say is, yeah, the best way I know to say is available through just all the major online outlets and uh and through your local bookstore, if you can uh, do business with the local bookstore. Yeah, that'd be great. And it's called The Gathering Storm. And, and again, it's really about secularism and culture. And when we come back, uh, Dr. Moeller, I would like to dive into a little bit about the election, just to talk to you about that, the Supreme Court. Uh, the Pope and civil unions, which you've talked about on the briefing today. And again, Dr. Moeller's uh, podcast, which is just a great daily um, exposition of culture, really, is you can go to albertmoeller.com and then uh, listen to the briefing. It really is helpful. It's been a great resource for me, and I would encourage you to uh, to really go there. And uh, we're going to be right back with Dr. Moeller. Thank you for again for joining us. Um, and you can go to SWATradio.com to listen to any past broadcasts. You can listen to this broadcast. We'll have it up probably by 5 or 6 this afternoon. 
and uh, go to SWAT Radio Talk on Facebook and Twitter. And we'll be right back with more of Dr. Moeller on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And a big shout-out to our listeners up in Virginia, up in the Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Virginia area, and Meridian, Mississippi on WMER, and uh, also up in Georgia, up in Folkestone, here in St. Augustine and Jacksonville. And we are so excited to have Dr. Moeller here today. And again, I want to remind you about his book, The Gathering Storm, really a way for you to do what uh, he talked about Winston Churchill to see what other people can't see. Um, you know, Dr. Moeller, you've kind of had a gift of being able to do that. I remember in the FBI, I love reading a lot of different news sources to gather that. And I, that's what I love about the briefing. You, you scour all these different news things and the culture and you bring that to bear. Has this been a crazy time for you reading all those different things about the election in particular? Is this not the craziest election you've seen? Well, you know, it gets crazier by the hour, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, yes, it, it's absolutely crazy, and it's not over. We got to, we have you know almost two more weeks of this. We have a major debate tonight. Uh, you know, in this in this election, I'll tell you what. In spite of the craziness, things are really being clarified. And uh, this is this is why I'm glad we're having this conversation. I mean, we're looking at some issues in which it's as if people are saying out loud what they've been saying only silently to each other for a long time. And and we're down to basic issues in this country. And so it's going to be clarifying. And, and, and uh, you know, who knows exactly when we know even the results of this election, given all the things going on. But uh, we're going to know a lot about the future of this nation in a matter of days. Well, I, you know, I... I... I don't know about you. I know I talked to Dr. Grudem, and he's received some less than charitable emails from people about his support of the Republican platform. I've received 
uh, emails that basically have questioned why me as a, a spiritual uh, program are talking about the elections so much. And I, how would you answer that? I know I asked Dr. Grudem about that. How 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 do you see that fitting into us as believers? Because you do such a good job with the briefing about bringing Christian perspective. What would you say to somebody who said, you know, we just need to teach the Bible and not worry about things out in the culture? What would you say to somebody like that? Well, you know, it just it makes me wonder how they intend to raise their children or if they are concerned for their grandchildren. The, the, the issue is that the church has a responsibility, even if you just, let's, let's just say that we, we're not trying to address the culture. All we're just trying to do is just be faithful as Christians. Well, we're to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, that's going to be increasingly difficult. That's one of the things I make very clear in this, this book, The Gathering Storm. The, there are people who are, they want our children. They, they want to influence the culture. They're, they're producing the cultural product. They are establishing the rules. They are deciding who gets admitted to college and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a, it, there's no way we can act as if we are not uh, uh, bearing responsibility for political choices in this culture that are going to have a lot to do with the, the kind of world that, uh, that we're going to inherit. And yes, the preaching of the gospel is at stake. When, when religious liberty is at stake, that means the preaching, the freedom of the church to preach the gospel is at stake. Well, and speaking of religious liberty, would you ever have guessed that the um that the our current president would become the cheerleader for protecting religious liberty i mean that if you look back to where he was years ago and his entertainment ventures and his hotel ventures and even some of the mistakes that he acknowledged has acknowledged he's made morally he's he's really become a cheerleader for protecting christian liberty in our culture hadn't he with the supreme court picks that he's put yes. up there. And, I mean, I, you know, that's the thing that's striking to me is how God has used him. And I, I personally believe that um, that Mike Pence has been a big part of that, uh, that God's used him in a great way. And other people that he's surrounded, uh, do, do you see some of these Christians around him as having more influence than maybe the media or other people think? Well, if it were not true, we couldn't have the policies. We wouldn't have the executive orders. I mean, and a part of this can be dismissed as politics, Doug. You could simply say, look, Donald Trump is a complete charlatan. Mm-hmm. He he understood that to get the Republican nomination, he had to be pro-life. And so he just switched to pro-life, and it's nothing but an act. Well, number one, I'm thankful for it, even if that's true. But I don't believe it's true, because he has actually taken steps that aren't required by the politics, mm. which tell me, he really is committed to a pro-life agenda. Uh, because if he weren't, he, he would get by with a lot less than this. And mm. Because we've had Republicans who've been throwing us sticks mm. for decades now. Yeah, so He's not throwing sticks. He's actually, in executive orders and in his, I mean, these judicial appointments, uh, he's putting his reputation on the line. Well, I I, uh, I, I think he, he is doing that, and not just in the area of uh, abortion and pro being pro-life with that but also yes what about the uh the whole court supreme court thing and um and religious liberty there i know you wrote about it i think a yeah. couple of weeks ago in the briefing about what alito and thomas said about religious right. liberty on that uh, could you 
just give them an elevator speech about what that meant for what they said. You know, what they said. It was a warning, I think, uh, about the future. It was kind of like a little atom bomb going off because uh, it was a case that uh, that the Supreme Court didn't take. How fascinating is that? But but you had two justices who said the Supreme Court should have taken the case, and it would have revisited some of the, uh, the same-sex marriage issues. And it was Justices Alito and Clarence Thomas, who are two conservative titans of the Supreme Court. And they said, look, the legalization of same-sex marriage is a direct threat to religious liberty. We knew that in the beginning. It has been verified since the court ruled in 2015. Its ruling was unconstitutional, and it's hostile to religious liberty. Now, the courage of those two justices saying that, but I go back to 2015 when the, uh, and, and back to the, the, the oral arguments that came earlier in the Obergefell case of legalized same-sex marriage. We heard the Solicitor General of the United States confirm that uh, Christian schools will be on the line. Mm-hmm. on housing and admissions and whether or not we can operate by Christian principles. His words were, it will be an issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, were Christians listening to that? And uh, and I'll, I'll be very honest. Uh, there is every reason to believe that a Biden administration would be even more hostile to religious liberty than the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the former vice president said that he would put back in place the contraception mandate of the Obamacare legislation, which would require... Christian employers and others of conscience to provide even forms of uh, of contraception that uh, many of us believe could well operate as abortive fashions. Well, the so, other I mean, the, the, it's the, not the, just that. What about Christian schools? Well, yeah. Well, the other thing he said the other night in his town hall, uh, Vice President Biden was that there would be zero discrimination against even an eight-year-old transgender. Now, how does an eight-year-old even know what transgender is? unless somebody indoctrinates Well, I said on the briefing, and I'll say here, that was a creepy moment (laughs) with a presidential candidate talking about those issues related to an 8- or 10-year-old child, the two he mentioned. Hmm. I just just think we ought not to... We ought not to have national candidates or political officeholders talking about those issues. Uh, That tells you something right there. Well, well, it does. But the second thing is... Go ahead. uh, You know, he, he went on to say... That this child should be able to uh, to change gender supposedly, and uh, that that uh, it will be absolutely no discrimination, as you say. Well, that means that and look, this is happening right now. What happens when this is an eight-year-old child or a ten-year-old child in a Christian school, and the Christian school says, "No, you actually are a boy. You're not a girl." Uh, I mean, the vice president has been very clear. And, uh, and and he's not the left wing of his party, and frankly, he's not even in control of the left wing of his party. They're going to be in control of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're looking at the fact that they're going to demand no discrimination, and that means Christian schools are right in the bullseye, and Christian churches eventually. Christian adoption agencies got a big case coming before the Supreme Court in a matter of days to make that clear. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I think it's already coming before the court pretty soon, both in a Christian school capacity and with adoption, uh, that it should be there. Well, um, yeah, adoption in a matter of days. A case coming from Philadelphia, Catholic Charities. There, that's going to be before the court. Uh, you know, just in a matter of days. Well, one one final thing on the whole election thing, and then we're we're going to be to a break, and we'll come back, and I want to talk about the Pope and what he said in your briefing article today. You worked, if I remember right, in the Reagan campaign. You mentioned that, I think, didn't you? Yes, in 1976. Okay. 
So, again, people who are out there saying that Christians should not be involved in politics, it's been very nasty on social media. Christians, I'm not talking about secular people. I'm, right. well, I'm talking about professing believers, uh, tra- calling people that are for the Republican platform, saying that they don't care about the, the immigrants, they don't care, care about other people. And then you've got the other side is divisive too. Why so much division within the church over these issues? Where, where did that come from? Well, you know, there's a sense in which we certainly do not want politics to drive the church, and we don't want the church to stop preaching the gospel or to compromise the gospel because of politics. Uh, there, there are Christians that get too excited about politics, and they're not telling people about Jesus. That's a huge problem. But the idea that the church can exist apolitically is, uh, is an illusion. It's, uh, it's, it's vain imagination. It's not true. And especially in a country like the United States, where we are given the stewardship of the vote. So what we do with that stewardship is as important as our exercise of any other stewardship. And uh, and so we're going to give an answer to God for how we vote. How's that for an issue? No, that, and, uh, if we're, that's a good one. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, if we're going to give an answer to God for how we vote, then I will sure want to take that seriously. Well, I, I, I agree. Uh, you know, Dr. Grudem said, we exercise a small piece of authority when we vote and salt and light. Would you agree with that? As well, absolutely. And, and see, you know, in the history of political systems, the Americans just take for granted that we get to vote and that it matters. But most people throughout human history have never had an opportunity to cast a single vote that would mean anything. And for us to take that lightly and not to understand what's at stake is just hugely embarrassing. It, look, it's a part of Genesis 1 where we're told to, to exercise dominion. And uh, because we're made in God's image. Well, how can we give an answer to God saying, you gave us an issue of stewardship and responsibility. You gave us a vote. And uh, we treated it lightly. Wow. That, that's a good word. Well, listen, we're going to go to our news break for the half hour. You're listening to Dr. Al Moeller of the Southern Baptist Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to be right back to talk about the court and this uh, upcoming confirmation vote on Judge Barrett and what that means for us as believers. Uh, We certainly need to be praying for our leaders, and um, we're uh, very grateful to have Dr. Moeller. If you want to go to the briefing and listen to it or read about it, you can go to albertmoeller.com. That's A-L-B-E-R-T-M-O-H-L-E-R.com. And you can find his book, The Gathering Storm, at any book retailer. We're going to be right back with more SWAT Radio after the break. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh right now. It's easy to say when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am? 
Radio, welcome back. We got Dr. Al Moeller on today, and I'm so excited. I, I was just kind of bummed you weren't down here this year. I didn't get to see you this year for the pastors' conference, Dr. Moeller. Um, yeah, we've missed a lot, you know, with the the whole COVID uh, crisis. But uh, it just makes us uh, long even more for the the freedom to do the things we want to do, including meeting together. Well, I hope you still wear your SWAT T-shirt. Uh, I hope I hope that you still have it. If you don't, I'll send you another one because uh, you are definitely a SWAT guy. Uh, you know, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and um, I believe uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett is going to be one of those as well. She was such a great pick. Uh, what did you think? What was just your personal reflections of watching her interact during the uh, actual hearing itself? You know, just at the human level, Doug, I have to say, she has amazing poise and patience. Um, I, uh, I I appreciated the fact that one columnist in a major newspaper said she was like an elementary school teacher trying to explain things to what was apparently an especially dim class. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> pretty I had pretty to laugh fun. out loud when I saw that. I thought, that's exactly what she's doing. She, but she, like, she's a woman of dignity and character, and that showed. And uh, she's a brilliant legal scholar, and I think she's the most important appointment to the Supreme Court uh, in decades. I'm very, very thankful for uh, President Trump's appointment and for the fact that the uh, Senate's moving forward with her confirmation, even today, well, in, he- uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Help our listeners understand the importance, uh, from a Christian perspective, of an originalness versus a progressive or more liberal view of the Constitution. Yeah, I think um, uh, many American Christians don't understand why it even means more to us than to our secular neighbors. So let's just consider the fact that when our founders established a constitutional order, they debated a constitution. Of course, we had the, uh, the Articles of Confederation that didn't work, and we were in a political crisis as to what kind of nation we were going to be, including if we were really going to have a federal government. And so uh, many of the most heroic figures in the American Revolution got together, and they had to negotiate a constitution. And uh, they, had, they had learned a lot from uh, the, the, the experiment in ordered liberty in, in Britain. They'd learned a lot from the Reformation, and uh, they, they had also been inheritors of the Enlightenment. And so they argued about how to come up with a constitution that would mean that we are a government of laws and not a government of men. In other words, the constitution would be our covenant. We as Christians understand how important covenant is, and it comes down to words. Well, the liberal wing in the United States, even since the late 19th century, has always seen the constitution as too limiting, because it's words, and they want to do things that aren't in those words. And uh, they've been pressing for this for a long time. And an entire, you know, wave and world of liberal uh, political and legal theory came into this. And by the time you get to the 1960s, you have a Supreme Court that is no longer bound by the Constitution. Now, just give you an example. You know, just take the Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion in 1973. What does the Constitution say about abortion? Nothing. Mm-hmm. What does the Constitution say that's anything close to abortion? Nothing. But the Supreme Court declared that it's a constitutional right. And that just tells you they're making it up. 
And uh, they're making the Constitution address things it doesn't address. Now, by the way, the Constitution has an honest way of addressing these issues. You can amend it. But they could not possibly win that politically. So instead, they just got the judges to rule their way. And the left has been going to the courts over and over again at every level but of the federal judiciary, but particularly to the Supreme Court. How do they get same-sex marriage? Through Congress? Nope. They wouldn't have been able to get it through Congress. Abortion through Congress? Nope. They wouldn't be able to get it through Congress, which is the electoral people, the electoral officials responsible to the people in an election. No, they went to the courts. And so conservatives have had to learn we've got to recover the courts for constitutional sanity. And that's been going on, honestly, ever since Richard Nixon, who was one of the first presidents to understand the problem. And uh, uh, Republicans have learned through making some appointments, some good and some bad, that it takes a long time to recover the court. Amy Coney Barrett is the clearest constitutional thinker. Uh, to be nominated in recent years. Now, I'm going to say Clarence Thomas and uh, uh, the, the late Justice Antonin Scalia and Samuel Alito, they belong in that category. And uh, adding Amy Coney Barrett to the court, and not only to the court, but to replace the most liberal justice on the court, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that's titanic. That's what conservatives in my generation have been working for virtually our entire adult lives. That's why this is such a big deal. Well, it, and, and you ask another question about why Christians should care. It is because, look, how do, how, do we, how do we interpret the Bible? Do we interpret the Bible by finding things in it that aren't there, by saying that we believe in a living Bible, that <laughs> no. we believe in a living Constitution? No. Well, we'd fire any preacher who did that, or we better. Hmm. So if, 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 and we understand the Bible is the inerrant and fallible Word of God, so it's not, the Constitution is not an inerrant and fallible. That's why the Constitution can be amended. But neither in reading the Bible nor in reading the Constitution do we get to say, I'm going to say things are there that aren't there. Well, I, you know, I've heard a phrase. I want to depart just a second from the Supreme yeah. Court thing and ask you a theological question, uh, being the president of a seminary, because a phrase has come up before in the last few weeks that I've never heard before, and it's a biblicist. Can you define what a biblicist is? Um, because... I, I, I've been accused of being a biblicist, and I want—I don't even know—I've never heard that phrase before. Have you heard that? Well, the, 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 it can mean more than one thing. When people were accusing you of that, what were they saying you were doing? Um, basically being an Believe originalist, <laughs> I think, yeah. regarding the Bible. Yeah, so what they're probably saying is you believe in the authority of texts, which, yeah. by the way, we all believe in. And let me tell you, let me tell you a parable about this. When I was elected president of the seminary, there were liberal members of the faculty, and we have a confession of faith, and they said, we have the right to interpret that just as we want. The words can they mean one thing to you, but you've got no right to say that these words have a determinative, definite meaning, even though the articles of faith are as clear as could be. And uh, yet they didn't believe that when it came to their contract. Mm-hmm. When it came to their contract, they said, no, there are clear words here. We're going to have to, we live by those words. But when it came to the confession of faith, they said, no, we get to interpret that for ourselves. Well, that's not intellectually honest. And by the way, they've been gone a long time. <laughs> but that helped to make the point. And uh, so you're, if you're accused of being a biblicist in that sense, it means you believe in the authority of the text. But when we're talking about the Bible, we're not talking about even a confession of faith or the U.S. Constitution. We're talking about the inerrant and fallible Word of God. And so I, I would I would bear that... Uh, as a compliment, whether it was intended so or not. Well, you know, and, and you bring up an uh, important point. I think one of the things that has frustrated me about this whole process is the lack of intellectual integrity 
as we've talked about politics and even the court itself, and as as demonstrated even today, you know that there there as the judiciary committee voted that the other party, uh, the other platform, just didn't even show up to to even make a case or say anything because they couldn't make a case against Judge Barrett. And I, I just think she is going to be a great judge. And uh, I wanted to ask, say one other thing about her confirmation hearing because you you said something about it because you're always talking about the speed of which m- the immoral secularism is hitting us. How quick they, they updated Merriam-Webster after her hearing when she said preference. Could you speak to that for those that might not have caught your briefing article? Yeah. The moral revolutionaries, the sexual revolutionaries, are winning in the culture because they intimidate all the authorities into bending to their will. And uh, so it was an amazing moment. In the confirmation hearings when Judge uh, Barrett was asked about certain issue of uh, LGBTQ issues, she used the phrase sexual preference. And immediately people jumped on her from the uh, LGBTQ movement saying, it's not a matter of sexual preference. That's a way of uh, denying our rights, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's the phrase not only that many of them used in the past, many of them have used it even recently, but they don't like it now because it means that you could prefer. And now they're trying to argue, no, it's not. there's no choice in it whatsoever. Uh, preference is an outdated term. Well, Merriam-Webster actually changed their online definition of sexual preference in order to say this is considered an outdated uh, and prejudicial term. And, uh, you know, it's just a perfect illustration of the fact that the revolutionaries are trying to control everything, including the dictionary, and they're so successful they had it in a matter of hours. Wow. That, that, was, that was unbelievable when I read that. Um, and I wouldn't have known that except for the briefing and again, you can get the briefing by going to albertmoller.com. That's A L B E R T M O H L E R.com. We got about one minute. Real quick, your book, The Gathering Storm, and then we'll come back for our last segment, but we got to go one more break. In your book, The Gathering Storm, do you help people see uh, the things related to even what the stuff we've been talking about, the sexual revolution and all this stuff, are you unfolding and unpacking that in there? That's exactly what I'm trying to do. I, I try to set out the, the, the assaults upon the family, uh, the effect of the uh, LGBTQ revolution, the, contra- the contradiction of religious liberty, but also how this, this is affecting schools and uh, our national politics, the courts, uh, all that is very much uh, on the line, and th- that's why I wrote the book, trying to help Christians to understand what's going on here. Because if we don't understand, we, we can't fulfill our stewardship rightly. And and with grave injury to the world, our children and grandchildren are going to inherit. Well, I, I remember uh, when, you, when you wrote We Cannot Be Silent, I love that, and you, you spoke ab- about culture issues in there as well. And uh, his new book is called The Gathering Storm. I highly recommend uh, everything I've read by you, whether it was a conviction to lead, we cannot be silent. Uh, those were very, very uh, thought-provoking, but also helping me to see how we as believers can interact. So I want to tell listeners one more time, it's called The Gathering Storm, Albert Moeller, Jr. And we're going to come back for the last segment. And Dr. Moeller, I would like to you to kind of weigh in on the Pope and what he said and uh, what you That's shared it. about the briefing today. Um 
Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We're going to go to our last break and be back with Dr. Moeller. Stay tuned for more SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries with Dr. Moeller, Dr. Al Moeller of the the Southern Baptist Seminary up in Louisville, Kentucky. And um, Dr. Moeller, I I know leading that seminary is tough and also Boyce College during this last few months and COVID and everything else. I, I want to ask you and get you get into what the Pope said, but how can we pray for you? How can people listening pray for you and other Christian leaders uh, that are training young leaders who are growing up to to be the the you know the warriors for truth out there? Well, pray and uh, and make certain that what we're teaching them is biblical truth and grounding them in truth, so that they will go out and preach the word in season and out of season in order that they will they will have courage to face the uh, onslaught that will come, and that they'll love the people of God and uh, and faithfully tend the flock given to their care. So that's what we're doing our very best to do. And uh, 
it, it is harder right now, especially under COVID and in the face of a lot of these cultural things. But it's it's more important than ever before. So we're uh, we're more joyfully committed to it than ever before. Well, we we certainly appreciate you and what you do, not only um, at the seminary, but even uh, putting in print things that help people like me be able to see the dots and connect them, you know, uh, as far as culturally. I want to talk about what Pope Francis said, because I think it's a pretty big earthquake shift uh, with what they're doing as far as the Catholic Church is concerned. And you talk about it today in the briefing uh, he 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 basically came out and says I'm I'm supporting civil unions for homosexual couples, and you spoke right. about it specifically. Share with our listeners. You you said there were three lessons that we should walk away from with that um, in your briefing today. As believers, what, how 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 do we interact with people? And when they start saying, well, you know, the Pope said it's okay, so it's okay now. <laughs> how do you deal with that? Well, number one, we just have to remember that the uh, that our authority certainly is not the Pope of Rome, but rather the uh, the inerrant, fallible Word of God. And isn't that really underlined in an emphatic way here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, as an evangelical, I don't believe that the the papacy is a biblical office. I mean, that's a that's a fundamental issue. Uh, I have good friends who are traditionalist Roman Catholics, and uh, and by the way, they're horrified by the Pope's statement. Mm. Uh, but the second thing is to understand that this shows you just how far the revolutionaries have gone. And Pope Francis is actually defying the official teaching of his own church. Um, and so that that's, and, and in a way that's just sly, it's manipulative. You know, he says this in an interview, and, uh, and, and then the, there's always some handlers in the Vatican to say, well, that's not exactly what he meant. But everyone knows that is exactly what he meant. Mm-hmm. The Vatican has a sophisticated press operation. They're not victimized by their own press. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing is, we've got to make certain that our own leaders and preachers don't do anything similar. They can't, they can't, look, see, here's the thing. If, uh, so if, if you're talking, the, the Pope's language is an effort to try to bless same-sex unions in some way. And, you know, we don't do that because we're mean people, and we don't think other people should have what we have in marriage. It's that we believe that God the Creator has actually established what marriage is. And there's not going to be any true joy and human happiness in disobedience to God's will. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't make marriage what it isn't and can never be. And uh, this is a halfway house. We all know it. And uh, before long, if Pope Francis has his way, uh, the church will, the uh, Roman Catholic Church will reverse its teaching on sexuality and marriage. And if we're not careful and vigilant, then uh, we're going to see that in our denominations and churches as well. It's, it's going to take—the cultural pressure is so great, it's going to take titanic biblical commitment. Well, uh, the first thing you, you pointed out that I want to remind people again is the final authority for us is the Bible. It is not a, any man. It's the Bible itself. In fact, I always appreciated what John MacArthur says. He says, what I have to say is really— not as important as what God's word says. You know, my opinion doesn't mean anything apart from correctly interpreting his word. But the other thing you said in your article that struck me was that we have a a, a dwindling number of people willing to stand up for historic Christian understanding of marriage, gender, and sexuality, and it's decreasing every day, even within the church. And um, how, how, are, are we to address that? Like, I've got P- 
people that I know who were in same-sex relationships and even married saying, you know, God blesses us. And they've actually found churches that are affirming that, people that call themselves Christians. And you're seen as a bigot or a hater if you don't. I'm sure you're having to address that even in the seminary up there as you teach these young pastors, right? Yeah, well, thankfully, you know, we fly our colors, our conviction so clearly. We have the students who come here knowing that's what we teach, so that's that's what they believe. But we got to get them ready to defend that, you know, out in a in a hostile world. And here's the thing: uh, the Apostle Paul, and it's not just Paul, but in the New Testament, we have warnings that uh, the day will come when people will infiltrate our churches in order to teach untruth. I mean, just look at what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. And so we're seeing that right now in our time. And uh, and look, when when you hear people say, well, you know, this is not an issue central to the gospel. Yes, it is, because it's an issue of what sin is. And if we don't know what sin is, we don't know why we need a Savior. We don't know what Christ died uh, for. And uh, so this, is, this gets right to, uh, uh, and there, let me put it this way, there will be no church that embraces and endorses homosexuality that will preach the authentic gospel. It's, it's incompatible. In your view, do you believe that uh, once we get um, Judge Barrett on the court, do you think there's a chance that Obergefell can be uh, reversed? You know, I can, I can certainly hope and pray so. Uh, I noticed that today, and I'm going to talk about this on the briefing in the morning, uh, today uh, former Vice President Biden has said that he wants to appoint a commission to consider the future of the court. In other words, the liberals, having lost this battle, are going to try to undo it by changing the very composition of the Supreme Court. So this battle's not over, but uh, we're going to have to hope and pray that uh, this Supreme Court will, uh, and especially with Judge Barrett joining as Justice Barrett, will maintain sanity in a world of insanity. Yeah, explain to people, because you bring up a good point. You know, people are talking about court packing, and they don't understand the ramifications. Uh, I know you, you're a historian. You like studying history like I do. Explain to people why that would be a bad thing for our country. For over 160 years, we've had nine seats on the Supreme Court, and the political process has determined who's president to make nominations if there's any vacancy. Liberals tried, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt tried in the 1930s to, uh, to pack the court because he was dissatisfied with the court. And that's exactly what the left is threatening to do now. Basically, it would destroy our constitutional system of government. It just means that the Supreme Court would become as political as the other branches. And, uh, and look, over time, what, uh, what the Democrats are demanding is that they basically be in control of every branch of government. And, uh, I think we can do the math and figure out what that would look like. Packing the court is a way of saying we'll just make if, if we can't win in the confirmation process, if we can't win by electing presidents to make these nominations, if we can't win with uh, nine justices, we'll add as many justices as we need to win. That's what's at stake. Would, would that, in effect, make us a one-party state then, basically? Well, that's uh, that is the big threat. Uh, the progressives have been largely in control of the courts for, for decades. And, uh, and over the course of the last several decades, more than often, they've been in control of Congress. More often than not, I should say. Um, and so right now, uh, I mean, we see this, the future of the Senate at stake. Uh, Democrats control the House. We know their platform. We know what they say. They've already passed through what they call the Equality Act, which would directly violate religious liberty. Uh, 
if they control the courts, I mean, then we're without any real influence in government. Well, um, I, I, you know, we're pretty much getting close to our time. Um, I, I want to let people know one more time about the seminary up there and Boyce College. Uh, Thank you. Could you tell somebody out there who maybe have kids in, uh, who are juniors or seniors looking for a place to go? We got about a minute left. Uh, Boyce College, uh, what, what is it going to give them that something else won't give them? Well, the things we talked about today, Doug, what Boyce College represents, and I'm president of the college and of the seminary, is an uncompromising Christian worldview education. We, we, we are committed to take young people and arm them to be faithful on these issues. And it's Christian worldview commitment that's most important. In other words, we, we want to ground them in biblical truth so they know how to apply that to everyday life. And that's a Boyce, B-O-Y-C-E college, and uh, I believe in it with all my heart. And I'm just really thankful we have just an outstanding faculty, most outstanding Christian young people as students, and uh, we're just looking forward to more coming. Well, I love the tagline, more theology, not less, and um, that's, uh, that's Boyce right. College, B-O-Y-C-E, both of them, both Boyce College and the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary uh, is, are in Louisville, Kentucky, a great area up there to be, and Dr. Moeller, uh, I just want to thank you again. Thank you for the Gathering Storm, by the way. You can get that at any bookstore. And uh, go to albertmoeller.com and listen to the briefing. It's on every day. You can subscribe. You don't even have to think about it. It just comes into your inbox, and you can listen every day. Thank you, Dr. Moeller. We're going to be praying for you as you train those guys to preach the truth, to have courage, and to shepherd the flock. And we just really appreciate you taking time out to be with us today. Thank you, Doug. Great conversation. Keep the faith. Keep telling the truth. Thank you so much. Hey, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. That was Dr. Al Mohler, and you're going to be able to listen to that again. We should have that posted here by 5 or 6 p.m. this evening, and you can listen to that or any past program by going to SWATradio.com. That's S-W-A-T radio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow. I'm going to have a religious refugee who escaped from Ukraine who came to the U.S. So join us tomorrow on SWAT Radio. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spirit.